This is Alex Addicts from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to Karate Cafe. What caliber is your training? Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts... Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul back with another episode of Karate Cafe. And with me, just off my center line as always, is Dan Williams. (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. I'm not sure this may be the first one of 2014. Uh, Yeah. I think so. Jobs and changing things and and I've switched jobs and... I switched uh, jobs, I think, yeah. at some point. <coughs> Dan and I, no, I switched in 2013, so. Oh, yeah, I think. Well, I did right at the end, like in December. So, <laughs> Dan and I try and be in sync. When one of us moves, the other one has to move. One of us changes right. jobs, the other has to change jobs. It's, that's it's, right. It's, but that's what, because we're a team. That's right. <clears throat> we're a team. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've been gone for a while, but we're uh, going to try and get back, as we always say, and back in the swing of things. Um, and we're. Looking forward to it as always. Uh, we have a topic today, which is kind of a nice general topic to talk about. Uh, but first, we want to let Dan talk uh, a little bit about everyone's favorite martial arts uh, management software, the Dojo Manager. Oh yeah! So I just I wanted to mention that um, you know it's still I'm I'm still going strong. Uh, there are new features and um, uh, stuff that I'm enhancing and improving uh, all the time. So if uh, if anybody wants to check it out, it's uh, thedojomanager.com. Just go. We've got a 30 day free trial. Uh, I have a policy that if if somebody doesn't like it within the first uh, four months, they get their money back for you know the the entire four months. Well, it'd be three months with the 30-day trial, but uh, yeah. So uh, if you've got a small to medium jo- dojo and um, oh, and also if you have under, uh, what is it? 10 students, I believe. Uh, it's free to use all the time. So if you've got, if you're just starting up and you've got relatively few students and that doesn't hurt to give it a try. So there it is. There it is. And I use it at uh, Kenshin Khan, the uh, number one Shonru dojo mm-hmm. in all of Austin. And uh, we, it's easy to use. You can use it mobile. Yeah. You can use it, you know, if you have your Wi-Fi enabled. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've got people with uh, five students using it, and I've got people with 250 students using it. And I think the, the thing that most people like about it, especially the larger schools, is that it's easier to track belts. Uh, so you can uh, do uh, rank tracking and track progress towards ranks. I think that's what uh, a lot of people use it for with the with the larger schools, uh, and then keep their accounting system uh, different than that. But yeah, that's that's I think the the one of the nicer features. Um, so anyway, uh, it's it's free to try and uh, give it a shot if if you're struggling with your Excel spreadsheet or something. So now one of the things there, that, there, my plug. <laughs> there it is. Well, one of the things that I use it for my dojo is, uh, you know, we have a time and grade requirements and you, know, you have to be in so many classes. Right. And so one of the handy things about it is you can uh, log in on your smartphone uh, and, yeah. you know, keep track of your, you know, who's here, who's there, you know, uh, and, you know, all at once. Yeah. It makes and, it, and like I say, I, I usually recommend to people to just... You know, while they're at the dojo, a lot of people don't have Wi-Fi and you don't have a computer set up and things like that. Just keep track with pen and paper. And then once a week, if you spend a half an hour, uh, you know, and sit down and then put all those log entries in, you're good to go. So really with with a half an hour a week, uh, you can get pretty tight management on on your dojo and everything that's going on. Pen and paper? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, but... uh, uh, I've I've been in the technology industry long enough to know that there's a there's a time and place for it when it's when it when it really is best to use. Just you know, pen, pen and paper never runs out of batteries. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> good, good point. Very good point. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, Dojo Manager, try it out if you haven't already. If you have already, go try it again. It's a, it's a great tool, and I use it as well. Yeah. And, uh, so I just know I haven't mentioned it in a while on, on these casts, so I thought I'd just let people know it's alive and well. It is, and, 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 and better than ever. That's right. That's right. 
And we'll be right back with our topic of why all martial artists should be committed. Hey everybody, it's Paul with a brief reminder that only you can help your favorite martial art podcast. You know, it's the love of martial arts that drives this show, but as the old saying goes, love can't buy me bandwidth. You know, if you're listening to us on your commute, sipping that triple shot, half whip, no foam mochaccino, think about foregoing just one of those a week to help keep us going. Hey, you know what? You could even get a tall instead of a grande and get the best of both worlds. You can subscribe or just go with the Buck a Show plan. So just pull over, put your car in park, and visit our mobile site, m.karatecafe.com. As always, you can always go to our sponsor, Piranha Gear, at piranhagear.com. Make sure you let them know that Karate Cafe sent you. So don't forget to use our link when shopping at Amazon. KarateCafe.com slash Amazon will let you buy anything Amazon sells, and we get a little kickback on that. Or you can go to our suggested items at KarateCafe.com slash store. And there's also our swag store with apparel and other junk at KarateCafe.com slash swag. You know, we're making the commitment to keep bringing you great topics and thoughtful analysis. And, well, you know, most of the time. We do know that times are tough, but for the cost of your morning drink, we can keep going. And now, back to the show. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Despair and agony on me. And we are back, and our topic today is martial artists should be committed. And it sounds much better than when you write it down, because when you write it down, it kind of gives it away. <clears throat> the, uh, the whole thing about martial arts should be committed, that, that reflects on, a, on a, a couple of different levels. But a, a week or two ago, I had a seminar on, on Bunkai, on uh, Katha applications. I was, you know, Ian Abernathy for a day, and uh, I didn't say massive impact at all, but uh, <clears throat> I did actually get to have a class about 15 people signed up from different disciplines, from Taekwondo, from Tangsudo, some... Uh, Kanjun Kimball guy showed up. Um, oh, and uh, I want to let people know, uh, for, for those that are uh, non-karate people listening to Karate Cafe, that uh, Bunkai is essentially breaking down a single technique into, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, breaking down a single technique to sort of isolate it to uh, work out the details, right? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I, my, my argument has always been, you know, that... that that katha or forms are kind of like a little cliff notes version of whatever the technique actually is. So <clears throat> you know, it may look like a down block, could it, but it could actually be more than just a down block. And, uh, and for, for, for a bigger explanation on that, for the love of God, please sign up for one of my seminars. But uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. I always think of the, I think of the forms as sort of the, uh, the dictionary and uh, right. yeah. uh, it gives you it gives you kind of the basics um but uh if you know the 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 bunkai and the rest of the classes are more like the elements of style <laughs> yeah that's a that's a, a pretty decent um mm-hmm. play but uh so anyway so anyway so your <clears throat> seminar so we did this and so one of the things that that, that kind of came out of that and one of the things i've been kind of noticing as i as i have been you know instructing and trying to apply more more of these concepts within, you know, uh, sparring and, and various and sundry other things is the fact that <clears throat> uh, when, when people spar, like we spar from a, a purely defensive standpoint, someone's attacking you, someone's attacking you, and you're trying to apply some of these really cool applications, and you can't. And one of the reasons is because people refuse to commit. And what, what, <clears throat> and, and what, that, what that means is, on this level, what that means is, is if someone is uh, uh, striking you in whatever way, they're striking you at like the very end of their their range, usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, no one really wants to get hit. I mean, yeah, sure, there are some, some nutcases out there that enjoy it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, being, being struck, being, you know, countered, being whatever is kind of included in the bargain when you, when you apply martial art, uh, a martial art technique. So, uh, you know, when you're trying to do more, the more advanced techniques, especially, it's much harder to apply the technique when someone's kind of way out there. You know well, I mean? yeah, and uh, 
you know, it's funny because I I think it goes to kind of a a, a deeper issue in general about about martial arts and that um, who who are you training to fight? Because if if you're training to fight a professional boxer, then a profess, professional boxer they'll commit, but they'll never overcommit. You know, or very rarely. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if if you're training to fight the 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 average Joe, well, you know, statistically, ninety percent of the time you're going to get a right-handed haymaker. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it kind of makes sense. And and yeah, you, you know, I, I think you you make an important point that whether you're sparring or you're doing bunkai or or whatever it is you're doing, when when you are the attacker. Your your job is to help the other person train. That's that's all you're doing. You're not there to to prove a point. You're not there to say, "Ha ha, you can't do this technique on me." You're there to help them train. So if if feeding it with more commitment, you can even you can do it. You could do a technique slowly with more commitment. You know, um, if doing it with more commitment is going to help them train that particular technique, because uh, I know that for me, especially when I'm when I'm learning something new, I need people to go slow and overcommit so yeah. that I can get the feel for it. You know, um, and if if they don't do that, I mean, if if I'm trying to do a, a, a some kind of wrist lock or something like that, and somebody is just throwing jabs at me. Then, okay, that that technique is actually not relevant for what you're feeding me. So all of a sudden, it's not like the technique doesn't work necessarily. It just doesn't work with what you're giving me because because you're expecting it. <laughs> so of course, it's not going to work. Uh, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I always say, you know, that I want to talk about when we're doing class and stuff like that is. Is you know the bad guy is going to do most of the work for you, if you're if right. you're coming from a defensive standpoint, right? If, if you're standing toe to toe, you know, and it's like in a death match and you know whatever, or like you know our fine friends over in the UFC world and stuff like that, you know they're they're, they're jockeying for a position, they're they're looking right. for a hole, they're trying to faint, they're trying to open one, all stuff like that. In my standpoint, that's not what we should be training for as martial artists because in theory, all this stuff is supposed to be defensive and only used in last resort and blah 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 mm-hmm. so you shouldn't be trying to find that hole even even when you're doing you know uh, open kumite in my class i <clears throat> i try and get someone to just you know like okay you're you're the attacker you're the attacker but if you're going to be open if you're going to be either one's going to be attacking and defending you need to commit and one of the things that the block says because people don't want to get hit people don't want to yep. get thrown people don't want to get swept so they don't commit their, their technique. Well, if you're defending yourself and you don't commit your technique either, it's not going to work. You can't, if you don't commit your technique and move in and close that distance, you yeah. can't do a throw or a sweep. You, know, you can't do a joint lock effectively from you know, the, the outside of your range where you'll be safe. You, know, you, need yeah. to, you need to make that mental commitment of, I'm going to try and apply this technique regardless of what happens. Yep. I mean, they, they said that, you know, I read somewhere once, they said the samurai <clears throat> train, you know, their, their, cut, their cutting technique so many times, or, you know, uh, Aido people or Kendo people or whatever, Kenjutsu people. And <clears throat> they said because that way it'll be the muscle memory, so when they do that final uh, strike and, and they get cut or they get stabbed, they, they'll still perform the cut. They'll still get that last cut in. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how we have to be. As, as martial arts to defend yourself is, you know, you don't want to get hurt, you don't want to get uh, kicked or whatever, but to apply these techniques, you know, unless you, you're in a straight striking art and you're doing it from the range, which, you know, arguably there's plenty of those out there, yep. you, you, you still have to commit it at some point, you still have to apply that technique regardless of what's going to happen. And, and I think many people, and, and this is reflective of that, uh, that seminar, it was hard getting a lot of people to, you know, commit that technique. They, they weren't putting their weight in. They weren't putting their feet in. They weren't closing the distance because in their mind, they're going like, well, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get countered. I don't want to get whatever. But some of these you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I think too that that sort of plays a role in in self defense as well. In that if um, if you're tentative, you're going to get hurt. And it's uh, you know one of my one of my philosophies in in life in general is that it's it's better to make the wrong decision quickly than make no decision at all. Right. Uh, That's because, I always tell them: do do something even if it's wrong. Yep. Because uh, you know, it's the old uh, when when faced with a scary situation. Um, generally, the body goes into to three different modes. One of three different modes, which is f- fight, flight, or freeze. And the one that you absolutely do not want to happen is to freeze. Uh, and even if even if fighting is is the wrong decision or 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 running is the wrong decision, it, at least it's a better decision than freeze. <laughs> so you've got to sort of you got to say, hey, it, okay, if I'm going to fight, um, then I am talk about commitment. I mean, you you have to make in a real life situation, you absolutely have to make the commitment that. Uh, that you have chosen that only one person is is going to end up going home. I mean, or or at least there's that potential. And uh, talk about having to commit to your technique. I mean, if it if it's a, a technique that could potentially end a dangerous situation, then yeah, you you got to you got to put everything into it. Um, and I know that even. You know, when when you watch UFC and when you watch boxing and things like that, the first round is always feeling each other out, and that's because everybody is so tentative about overcommitting and getting hurt, and that's that makes a lot of sense in those situations. Um, but when there is when there is no first round, uh, uh, you just gotta you gotta go for it right off the bat. Right, and and, and I also think that that also applies to just general training. Like if you don't commit to, there's many levels of this commitment thing, and that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of the purpose of, of the topic today. But, I mean, so if you don't commit to uh, trying to apply that technique and the permutations of that technique, like, you know, am I too far away? Am I too close? Is this guy taller than me? Is this person shorter than me? Mm-hmm. If, you don't, if you don't commit to, you know, researching that technique and trying to make it work, uh, right. You know, I mean, there are there are techniques that that we do that you know, like I can't make work, and I've you know been doing this for twenty some odd years, and I just you know every now and again that'll work, and life is great. But usually, <laughs> you know, in in class doing something like maybe I just can't make it work for my body style, or you know, ninety ninety percent of the people do. But that doesn't mean I don't stop trying to make it work. You know, because I know it does work because I've felt it done on me, or I've seen it done on somebody else, so I know that in theory it does work. Just maybe I can't make it work right now or at all. But I mean, you, you can't, you know, so you can't really like kind of discard part of your training, I guess, is, is maybe the thrust yeah. of this. Is there, there there be things in the course that you kind of look at things and go like, well, you know, I don't really like that. You know, I mean, like, I, like I'm not a big sparrer because I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I also identify that as, you know, that it's kind of a thing. It's also kind of fun. You know, right. and and I either have to embrace the fact that I'm always going to suck, but continue to try, <laughs> or I give it up. But I can't yeah. give it up because I think it's it is an important tool. As much as I don't, you know, really advocate being toe to toe with somebody, <clears throat> I I still need to like identify it as this is a, a handy tool for my students. Yeah, and, and moving forward. Yeah, and I I actually um I I sort of have the the same thing in that. You know, I think as far as uh, as sparring goes, or certain aspects of training, um, th- if you 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 can't just you're right, you can't just cast aside things that don't work for you uh, because it's it's an issue of well, they're they're also a part of the style that you're learning. And if, 
uh, yes, if you're a, a Jeet Kune Do stylist or um, you're just kind of doing your your own thing, um, then then it's okay, I guess, to do that. Uh, but if there's a certain responsibility when you're training in a particular style to keep that style, at least to some degree, uh, a, a pure, uh, in my opinion anyway, in that uh, – you you can't just throw away things that that you feel don't work for you, especially if they you've seen them work and they work for an instructor or or another instructor or something like that. And you do have to train those things, even if you don't want to. I'm not a big I I don't like to spar a whole lot just because I don't like getting hit very much. And you know I'm not I'm not very good at it. And I think that's because I don't train very much uh, I, on it. Yeah, I think you're pretty good at getting hit. <laughs> That's probably true, um, but yeah. At the same time, you you can't just discard it because uh, uh, you don't like doing it. I mean, I, I especially am not totally comfortable with it as an instructor because if I have st- students that are kicking my ass, um, that seems a, a bit weird for for both me and the student. But it also gets back to the point that martial arts are not just about. Uh, uh, winning a fight, and uh, I, I think that um, r- more recently it seems like we've got more and more off that track. Uh, and yes, I know they're called martial arts, um, <laughs> but uh, there's there's also more to war than uh, physical combat. So right. Well, yeah, I, I've in the last years, few years, I've kind of taken. A little bit of umbrage to the, the the term martial art. I think you know it's a it's a generic term now, kind of thing like that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think like, like our our good friend Ian Abernathy has kind of pointed out. You know, and I tend to agree. Like especially karate is as a civilian protection system. It's not really something that you go to war with. I mean, <clears throat> I've seen we've seen what what uh, kind of the, some of the hand to hand techniques that. Um, yeah, military fighting styles are right. And, you know, and and they're not really necessarily very civilian protection either. Much more about putting the hurt on somebody, and and you know, like we had that interview many, many, many years ago with a, Shane Franklin who ran the Marine Martial Art Program, mm-hmm. and that's what he said. He said if 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 I'm going hand to hand, something's gone horribly wrong. Right. <laughs> so, so you know he's you know they, they identify that it's something you need to need to have in there, and it's kind of like everything else with martial arts, I guess you know like like everyone says you need to have a ground game. It's like well yeah you need to understand a ground game, and and, right. and you need to you know, if you if you ignore it like it's never ever going to happen you're high. As, as, yeah, as, and, as, and, as and, and ground defense is I mean you know okay if you learn some good ground ground defense then. I think that's a lot more important than, you know, learning a ground game is that, hey, if I can at least fend somebody off on the ground and not get into bad positions, then uh, that's a lot easier to learn than the offensive side of it. So if I can prevent myself from getting to the ground and when I'm get it, when I've gotten to the ground, I have good a good library of techniques to be able to stand back up, um, then I can learn a very small portion of quote unquote the ground game uh, and focus on what maybe my particular style focuses on, uh, which is striking. So yeah, and and that I think is another level of commitment of okay, I've committed to martial arts. And it it kind of astounds me how often I run into people. Uh, who, who've trained in martial arts, you know, that have like black belt level experience in whatever their art is, and they have you know little to no uh, comprehension of other systems, you know, of other, of other styles. I always find that really strange um, when, uh, especially when, yeah, I can see it when you're, uh, you know, blue blue belt, uh, red belt, brown belt, even, but when you've gotten into third and fourth degree black belt kind of thing and you've just had zero exposure to other martial arts it 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 feels to me very limiting you know and it's just it's i find it strange and maybe that's because i've i've floated so much that i'm kind of the opposite spectrum um but uh 
yeah, that that seems strange to me. Yeah, and and, and so I think that's a a level of you know, you're committing to the martial arts in general. You know, you're, right. And you knowing your enemy, if if nothing else, you know, understanding. Right. And we we kind of talked about that. Uh, we've we've talked about that before in my, in my school. We talked about it at the seminar. Um, it was you know like like you can kind of tell by the posture. So like if you if you how somebody oh, yeah. stands in their you know their quote unquote combat stance, you can kind of get an idea. Like you know ground guys kind of stand this way, you yep. know, and kickers kind of stand this way, you know, and you know, it, wh- whoever you know, knife fighters are going to obviously have a knife in their hand. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, and, but 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 way they hold the way they hold their their blade and the way they hold oh, their arms, yeah, I mean, is, well, it, is a tell, you know, and yeah. and and if you don't have at least some sort of Vague idea of like, oh, they're standing that way. Time this for me is to, what they're going to come at me. Yeah, time, time for me to go, and then right. you know, or time for me to you know, learn something else. But it's just that that level of commitment of of understanding, and, and then also because as you know, martial artists, we then you know, if you can tear down, which is also another reason I, I did this seminar, uh, it was to kind of like take down some of the walls between, you know, relatively similar styles and say like look you know we're all doing the same thing we're just doing it kind of differently yeah this is why we do it why do you do it that way oh okay that makes sense now i kind of understand and i and therefore we understand a little bit more about the art mm-hmm. well and to some degree um uh, I, you know i think that uh yeah it's a it's a commitment to the martial arts to to learn your especially if you're an instructor um to learn and expose yourself to your craft, really. I mean, I think it would be like a, a, a painter never exposing themselves to sculpting, you know, never even trying it kind of thing. Um, and I know that oftentimes for me, having an understanding of the way somebody else does something has drastically improved the way I might do something. And especially, you know, I think one of the things that is, is, is kind of, um, it's, it's not really talked about much, um, is that sometimes the way you train the technique is not, is, is more important than the technique itself. Uh, because, uh, I, I, you know, I've taken uh, Taekwondo classes before, and I'll bet you that with with less time, I can learn a better kick than I can in, for example, a Wing Chun class. Um, because not only, you know, regardless of whether it's a better technique or not, they have copious amounts of experience with training a particular technique. Um, so as far as committing to your craft goes, you may not only learn different ways to do things. Oh, do I, do I, you know, do I rotate my foot when I, when I kick? Do I not rotate my foot? Um, do I roll my hip? Do I not roll my hip? How do I chamber my kick, my, my leg for a side kick? Um, but you may find more effective techniques for teaching your students as well uh, to say, okay, we're going to, you know, at the very beginning, I'm, one of the ones that I've learned that has worked really well for me is, um, you know, teaching a basic front kick. And when when you teach beginners a basic front kick, n- not by saying, hey, do this, and then showing them a front kick, but say, okay, I'm going to go through a four count. And on the first count, you're going to lift your knee up. And on the second count, you're going to extend your leg. And then you're going to pull your leg back, and then you're going to put your foot down. You know, that is a four-count front kick. And people catch on to that a heck of a lot faster than they do, oh, just follow my lead kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it boils down to me that the slow is smooth, smooth is fast, break it down. Matter of fact, last night in class, one of the, uh, you know, we have one of our basic techniques is, you do a middle block, you kind of parry the hand out of the way, and you do a, a jab or a, a spear hand kind of to the throat kind of deal. <clears throat> I mean, there's like three moves or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, no, sorry, it was it was after that. That that but that has occurred before. But it was actually one of the two D moves. Anyway, and uh, but there's 
three things that kind of happen all at once. And so my one of my students said, like, well, <clears throat> you know, there's three things that happen all at once. I said, well, then do them one at a time. Right. <laughs> and right, then, because it's, it's, it, it, it's training. It's not as if you have to – and it, I think it's good – it's important to, to differentiate um, a, a drill and training from attempting to simulate real life uh, because it's extraordinarily rare that in any martial art class and in probably in some classes you will never see it where – you attempt to simulate real life. Most of it is training, and you have to treat it as such. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you can't. Yeah, you, first off, you can't expect everything to work perfectly the first time when you're working on it. And even you know, twenty years down the road, you'll do something and it and it won't necessarily apply. Won't so, click. So just so just take it take it easy. And go, yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, and break it you down. know, it's. It's kind of like if if you tried to learn calculus without learning addition, subtraction, and geometry first. And yes, you could probably get there eventually, um, but it would it would be a long road to hoe. And and if you were if while you were learning addition and subtraction, you kept going, well, this isn't calculus. <laughs> it's like you'd you'd kind of be missing the point. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a pretty good analogy. That's true because yeah, you have to learn all the basics before you can. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I and I keep going back to the seminar because I'm actually building up to yet another level of uh, commitment there. But uh, it, it, I kept telling them, I was like, you know, you can have all these advanced techniques and they look really cool, but a lot of advanced techniques are really just basic techniques, and they either slammed them together, or you know, they're coming in from a, a slightly different angle. So it's a, you know. Instead of, because, you know, one of the things we do is, like, I would demonstrate a technique that, that I used as an interpretation of whatever the move was. And then I'd maybe show them a couple of, okay, I could go this way too or that way too, go. You know, and right. then, you know, do it a couple of times and then see where it comes out from, from what you do, from what your guys' training is. And then yeah. uh, that was the whole thing was, like, okay, well, here, try that. But, you know, and then I would let them go. And then, but then sometimes you'd see them, they'd... They do my technique. They do maybe a variation of that technique. They would try something else, and then they would like go something that looked really cool, you know, or, or in their mind looked really cool. That they, they I'm going to do this and with a backflip and a spin and a grab, and then I'm going to pressure point them. And I'm like, that's that's too much stuff, you know. I said it's too it's too much stuff. It's impractical to, to and and the guy like we're saying the guy's not just going to stand there, right? And your attacker's not just going to stand there and do that. But they they will here because it's a training, you know. But yeah. if and they've committed, that's their part of committing is they gave you a good solid technique to work this on. Yeah. But then you know, my part of the, of the training that I've committed to is like, okay, that's cool and that's a great concept, but you're not going to be able to do all that. Well, you know? and and like I say, it's I I think as the um, sort of as the uki, one of your jobs, I mean, your only job really is to help that person train. So. Um, I think a, a big part of that is committing to your technique, and like I say, there's a big difference between a jab and a punch. And if someone's trying to learn a technique based on a punch, give them a punch. Don't give them a jab. Uh, and if if it's a situation where they're not getting it, maybe you actually need to overcommit. And no, you. But you know, you'd probably not overcommit if you were throwing that te- technique anywhere else. But if they're having trouble getting it, then yeah, maybe you do need to overcommit. Um, but the other side of that too is that if um, if someone is is being unrealistic, <laughs> let's say about the the particular counter, um, then I think it's okay. To, to point that out too. I mean, if you just uh, first of all, as far as commitment goes, and as far as as far as throwing strikes like that go, if um, if when let's say it's a punch, if when you throw a punch, uh, if if your punch would not hit them, have had they not blocked you, uh, then then you're actually doing them 
kind of a disservice uh, when when you throw that technique. Now, obviously, you have to be careful about all that stuff. I have a tendency to go off either to the right or to the left instead of. But but one of, I guess what I'm saying is one of the things that I have seen is when Anuki throws a punch and it's like a foot in front of the person's face, where yeah. it's not even close. Um, and the the problem with that is that if if the person that you're helping to train then reacts based on your fist being a foot in front of their face, uh, you're actually training them wrong because that technique will not work when the punch is a foot closer to their face. Right. And, and it's going to throw them off. Yeah, and they're going to have to do a whole lot of work to do something. They didn't have to touch it. They didn't have to do anything. I, I, I harp on that all the time in class. I mean, like, if, you, if they can't touch you, you really don't have to do anything. I mean, yep. it's, they're, just, they're just posturing at that point, and you can be running away. At, 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 <laughs> right. You know? Right. But, I mean, you know, like I say, it, it's, it, it's for training, so it's, it's important that you, you give them the opportunity to train the technique, but uh, you have to, to – it's your responsibility to make sure that the, the training that they're doing is, is good training. Uh, and if they're, they're countering a strike that will essentially never happen – um, th- then, then that's not good training, in my opinion. So, uh, not only do you need to to commit to your technique and potentially overcommit if if that helps them train, um, you also need to make a commitment that what you're doing is you're you're their coach for that for that moment for that technique. You're their coach, um, and obviously, you have to be careful of. Uh, things like uh, being too critical of people's techniques or advising them too much, and especially if you're at different ranks and especially if you're a lower rank. Um, uh, but you can do things. One of the things I've done in the past is ask questions. So uh, if, if a, a, a black belt throws a counter that didn't look right to me, like wh- why would you do that kind of thing? I... I ask a question as opposed to saying I don't think that's right. Um, so yeah, you know, you've you've got to commit to your to your to your job as their coach. Yeah, absolutely. It's and, and that that's an, uh, brings it a nice segue to my next level of of commitment as as being uh, an instructor or someone on that track was <clears throat> one of the other things that. I did with this seminar was I, I kind of made it like it was like a little personal goal. Like I, I committed to doing this. This is something that I really enjoy doing, and it was something mm-hmm. that I think is really important. And you know, blah blah blah. It's something I tell my students all the time. And so for me to try to get that message across to people who are not you know in my hui, they're not my little group of people of yeah. my, my disciples. You know, <clears throat> is you know getting just the average martial artist down the street or whatever. It, Granted, probably like-minded individuals if they signed up for the seminar anyway. Because, I mean, I said it's like, I don't know, probably 100 people, and I got 15 out of that. So, but, but I committed to do that, and I had to commit to thinking about it, and then I had to commit to trying to make it worthwhile, and then I had to commit to making, <laughs> making it, you know, the information transferable and, and some way to, to make some sort of sense. I had to commit to, like, giving a good reason for someone to pay me some money to... To, to run them through these techniques or to lead the, lead the discussion, if nothing else. Um, and so that, to me, like, that's maybe something, it's something I've kind of encountered in, in, in some people. They've gotten their black belts, they've started classes, you know, call it what you will. Uh, but my deal is, is like, but they, they, maybe they haven't like really fully committed to being an instructor. They haven't really fully committed to being, you know, in a, in a leadership position. They just think it's that's the next thing that you do, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's like a, you can punch in my card kind of deal. It's like, well, you've you've you, you want to teach and you and you started teaching. Can you teach? You know, I mean, what are you doing to? I mean, are you really providing a a, a good level of commitment to that process? Yeah. Of you know finding a location of you know setting uh, an admin structure you know uh, registering for the dojo manager so you can keep track of everything right have you, you see how i did that uh, yeah that was good i like that it, it, you know have you um 
you know, and are you ready to do that? I mean, so, and there's the other thing is the mental side is like, are you ready to make that commitment? You know, and and you can do that on all on all, yes. on all sides. You can say, okay, did um, you know? Are you ready to teach? Are you ready to to lead? Are you really ready to be a black belt? Are you ready to commit to uh, making these techniques as good as you can? You know, there's you know, I don't know how many levels of commitment there. Well, and I think I do think that one of the things, one of the un- unfortunate things about most schools is that there's there's kind of an expectation that when you reach a certain level that. Yeah, I don't know if there's an expectation about starting your own school necessarily, but there's certainly an expectation about teaching. Uh, and I think uh, especially a lot of uh, old school, very senior instructors uh, have this have this fantasy or this this dream of someday I'll be the the guru that sits on the mountaintop and overlook all my ninjas that. You know, and I, I don't really have to do anything anymore. It's just my senior students that are now training my students, and I kind of step in and show a technique every once in a while. I've been to those schools. Um, the I think the the unfortunate side of that is that there's kind of this expectation that when you get to a certain level you're expected to start teaching. I mean, I do think that the best way to learn something is to teach it. So it's a good it's a good way to learn, but if if that's not what you're into and if you don't really want to teach people, if you want to come to class and you want to learn and you want to do your thing and I mean, yeah, I I, I think there's an expectation a, a, a relatively good expectation that you're going to help people if they're doing something wrong, but you shouldn't be expected to have to take you know, take over classes and on on you know, every other Tuesday night is going to be Dan's night to teach class kind of thing. Uh, if it's not your thing. And, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's more schools. Uh, I should say very few schools to me seem to make their instructor certification separate from their belt structure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we do that. Uh, we, we set it up, it's okay, you know, you get your black belt or whatever, and then there's, you know, separate instructor certifications in, in Karate and Tuidi and Kabuto. So <clears throat> there's that. But, it, but I mean, even then, I, you know, there should be, I, I guess there probably should be a, a really strong level of, you know, is this person like really committed to teaching or is this person right. just getting a certification and they're just doing whatever the hoops they need to jump into, you know, can they transmit that information? Can they, you know, are they striving to, are they, are they just there? They're showing up and regurgitating all the stuff that they've been told mm-hmm. or are they they're standing up there and like, you know, thoughtfully thinking about it, you know, you know, thoughtfully thinking about it, you know, thought, thoughtfully researching the, uh, and that was again, another level of commitment for doing this seminars. I had to think about, I mean, I like, seriously, there was stuff that, that I have done, you know, at various points, you know, in my class and talked about and, and whatnot and kind of discovered while I'm doing it, usually while I'm teaching somebody something. And then I, I had to kind of put it all together and go like, okay, now I'm really, I'm seriously thinking about, you know, what this is about. I'm not just, you know, spitting out what's been told me. I'm not just, you know, looking up some stuff on YouTube and then, you know, okay, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's committing to, to, you Focusing on it, maybe if nothing else, one part of you know an, an upper level sort of instructor's you know thing. Well, and it's it's sort of a new and and different aspect of um, your your style. In that, I know that for me, um, starting to to think about the the best way to present um, particular techniques or things like that has also made me discover new things about them. Uh, and you you come at it with a, a different mentality um, and you have to be be ready that I you know I can't just say, here's this here's this technique go ahead and do it 
Um, and you can't get frustrated when people don't get it right away. And you can't get frustrated when people don't get it at all. Uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen students that were, they were just not physically coordinated. And, um, you know, I've, I've even seen relatively high ranking students where their movements look particularly stiff or, uh, a, 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 some particular technique, especially when moving from, you know, from flowing from one technique to another, it's very staccatoed or whatever the case might be, because they haven't quite caught on yet. Um, but as your as as an instructor, your job is to be patient and to say, okay, if they're not getting it, and I'm teaching it this way. What what can I do to maybe present the same material in a different way so that maybe they can get it? So now suddenly it, it's got nothing to do with the material and it's got everything to do with the presentation. And if you're not if you're not committed and if you're not ready to make that mental switch, um, then I would say that you're you're probably not ready to be an instructor because that's what your students need, you know? Right. I mean, you know, like I I started at kids well, I've had a I've I've had a, a kids program mm-hmm. available and no one's ever taken it, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and I was like literally just going you know okay that's it I'm just gonna take this off my website and yeah. I'm not and somebody walked in and said hey you know, you, you know I was like okay and but they had a, their their child was a four year old and I was like eh, that's a little young. Uh, that's a little young. I was like, well, you know, I'm like, well, you know, what, what the hell? Yeah, bring them in, you know. Because yeah. in my mind, it was going to be, right. she'd come in, she'd do a couple, three classes, and she'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this. <clears throat> but because I'm such an awesome instructor, she, she turned out that she liked it. And so now, so I had a four-year-old, and I had my son, who was eight, you know. And so I had a kind of a, a weird disparity. And then, I don't know, about a month later, someone else contacted me, and I got a nine-year-old. Uh, that, that joined the class too. So I've got a nine-year-old, a four-year-old, and a, or a 10-year-old, sorry. And a, a, anyway, so, so I've got that. So now, so then I'm now like, well, okay, they're here, and they seem to enjoy it, even mm-hmm. though some of them aren't practicing necessarily. But, you know, but, but, but I, I commit. I was like, okay, well, this is my commitment. All yeah. right, now, I've, I've, I committed to do this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it out, and see, and so now I have to constantly go like, you know, okay, what am I doing? Because no one's taught me how to teach kids. I mean, yeah. You know, right. And so, I mean, I, I learned everything I know about teaching at an adult level and watching other people instruct. So, you know, and yeah. now I've got these kids and I've got to like try and figure out how to transmit this information and, and be, be patient, <laughs> you know, and be and like some yep. of them are really great. Some of them are, are maybe not so much, but you see, you see the little strides going on. And you go, okay, see, I did this last week, and then this week their kicks look really good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then, and for the previous two weeks I was doing this, and the kicks just weren't going anywhere. So maybe I, I need to forget, stop doing that and start doing this, <laughs> you know? And, and so, and that's my commitment is, is, is I constantly am, am, am looking at stuff to make it, you know, practical, but easy to man, easy to swallow, and something that will, you know move the ball down the, the court and at a certain point where there'll be, you know, you know, awesome ninjas, you know, or whatever. Right. But we'll just look like they know what they're doing, kind of thing like that. So, like, that, that's my commitment. It's like, even though I don't, and I mean, there are some days I go in there and go like, oh, God, I just don't want to do the kids' class. But, you know, I go in there and I do it because I either have a really good time or, you know, I see them do one thing right, like three mm-hmm. times in a row, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm getting that across. Which, yeah. And, and it's, it's harder to do, you know, because I can't just explain it to them. Well, and I think probably a, a kids' class is like the 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 quintessential example of having to mentally switch gears as far as um, being a student versus being an instructor, because it's it's an extraordinarily rare child where you can you can train them and have them quote unquote get it right. Um, so. You know, I have always found that with kid, with kids' classes, it's it's mostly about teaching them body mechanics and um, just sort of getting a, a a general feel for 
the the style and the techniques and as they're as they mentally and physically develop it will it will accelerate their learning when they're actually at a maturity level where you can start teaching them the actual techniques, um, which I always think, you know, you, you're teaching them the actual techniques, but you just, you go about it in such a vastly different way. And it's such a, um, it's such a strange uh, Taoist thing where you're, you're walking the circle to teach the center kind of thing because the, the center is, is so far from uh, uh, where a child is at from a, both a physical and mental level that you have you have to walk the circle with them so that when they're I don't know 13 14 15 they'll they'll start it, it'll just be like shoom and 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 they'll be off and running and they'll they'll get it and they'll catch on and you know the 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 pavement will be laid so that they can just they can just go for it um but you certainly do have to say okay i'm i'm not really a you know you never stop being a student as they say but your primary focus is no longer being a student your primary focus is is being an instructor and and not just learning techniques but learning how to best communicate those techniques and accelerating people's training and uh uh, uh having things make sense for them and you know like i say for kids i think that that's probably where where that that different come that difference comes to a point much finer than it does with adults yeah absolutely and, and the, the 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 other part of that i guess maybe is is you know i always i tell the, the parents when they when they, when they sign up i said you know have them come in have them try it out yep. right? And you know, if, if they like it, fine. You know, no muss, no fuss. It doesn't. It's not going to break my heart if they don't come back. Right. Uh, and 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 tell them it's a but. On the flip side, there's a a fine line that you know, as a parent, and and I'm sure we've all struggled with it at some level of of keeping that commitment of like, okay, well, I paid my dues this month, so I better go in. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, which many of us fail, like at the gym. You know, how many people? pay for gym membership and don't go i don't know yeah. a whole lot of people that do that with a, a martial arts school but um you know but but at a kid level you know there's lots of things going on and, and whatnot and, and you know we had i had a student who was involved in dance and, and drama and, and you know blah, just like a bazillion things and could only come to class like at best once a week and you know a lot of times when they'd come you could tell they hadn't been practicing you know but you yeah. see but you see them on facebook and there's the other thing if you're going to commit don't don't commit stuff on facebook because you see all these stuff that they're doing, and you're going like, "Well, how come you're not practicing? You know, you come to me to learn learn martial arts, but you're not practicing that. But you're doing all this other stuff, so you're not committing to that. And so the the, the flip side of that yeah. is, as now I'm on a tangent of my tangent, was that you know if someone is committing to you for this, and you have said I'm committing to do this, then you know if if the person who, you know, the original committee, the instructor has committed, you know, this is what I do. And then, you know, they, they, don't, they don't hold up their end of the commitment. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a certain amount of like, well, okay. I mean, I can't force them to do it. Whatever. Right. You know, but, but, but then that flashes back like, well, but, you know, I didn't commit to promote you. <laughs> right. I, I didn't commit to, you know, I didn't have no, no time to say that, you know, every three months you're going to get a stripe. It's you know you're ready yep. when you're ready kind of thing, and I don't think you're ready, so too bad. You know, and, and that was your, that was the student's commitment to the instructor, and and so what I, I tell the the parents is is uh, I'm like, look, you know, if they do not want to come, don't bring them. Yeah, because because they're they're not committed. You know, like every now and again you come in and do it, but like if you know after two or three they don't want to come, don't bring them because yeah. they're not committed. And there's there's nothing wrong with not being into something. Yeah. You know, if somebody's just not into it, then then just don't do it. And um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think that I think that 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 kind of commitment has value, um, but it's also it's sort of like 
you know, for me, and I know there have been a lot of times in my life where I have, I have decidedly been a casual hobbyist in the martial arts. And I pay for classes that I only go to once a week. And I'm totally okay with it taking, you know, six months to get a belt. And sometimes I practice at home and sometimes I don't. And I just enjoy it when I enjoy it. Uh, and that's perfectly okay. But I also think that um, that comes with a consequence. And the consequence of that is that if, if you're seeking a goal, if you're trying to get to a particular place, then that goal is going to take you a, a lot longer to achieve. And you just you have to be okay with that too. Yeah, there, there, um, there's a commitment on that level of like, well, this is, this is what I can do. This, yep. is, this is my expectations of it are going to have to be adjusted because, you know what? <laughs> I am not going to get a black belt in three years. I'm right. just, you know, when I get it, when I get it kind of thing. Right. Yep. And, and, that's, so, and that's healthy. That's, I mean, that, that in and of itself is a level of commitment because you've, just, you've committed to the process. And, well, and, and generally I think that uh, I know that, that the, the reasons that that generally happens to me is because I'm – I'm committed to other things in my life. And so, I mean, that's, that's the other part of this whole idea of, of commitment is, I mean, to me, I kind of think of, of commitment as, as keeping a promise, right? Um, I think it's Stephen Covey that says the best thing that you can do is, is make a commitment to your commitment. <laughs> and uh, if, if you have made other commitments outside of martial arts that you potentially won't be able to fulfill by committing to martial arts or, or whatever it is, um, then if, if you're making a promise to yourself that somewhere in the back of your head or, or even at some point if you make a promise to yourself that you're then going to break, um, I, I think that puts a lot of stress on people uh, to say, "I'm going to make I'm going to make this this grandiose commitment to uh, my martial arts and go three four times a week and spend hours outside of uh, work and family to to do this thing because this is this is the thing that I want to achieve." Um, I, I I think of the uh, oh what's the what's the UFC TV show where the guys go and train together? Do you know that one? Uh, um, no. <laughs> so so there's there's some TV there's a reality TV show where uh, these amateurs all sort of get together and they they spend you know the people that are are the top four or whatever they spend like six months of their lives not working not with their family all to kind of chase this this ufc dream and that is i'll tell you that's some serious commitment but it's it also, I, I think to myself every once in a while when they when people are like, "Well, I'm putting I'm putting all of my eggs in this basket," kind of thing. I think to myself, "Boy, I, I feel like you're you're breaking commitments to your <laughs> your wife and your kids too, because yeah, you know, committing to this dream is important to you, but but what about the other commitments you've made in your life? And so it it becomes this. This balancing act of not overcommitting yourself. Um, at the same time, you don't want to undercommit yourself because if you know if if you sit around without goals in life, um, then then I, I personally I think that gets to be very depressing. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, <clears throat> because there, there's commitments to yeah your family. There's, uh, you, when you commit to to martial arts or you commit to training and anything. Yeah, there are many other levels of commitment that you have to kind mm-hmm. of kind of embrace, and or you know nothing else deal with or accept yeah. or you know it's 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 going to be there. So you know, and so again, this reflects on. We'll, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. It kind of reflects on the whole thing of you know physically. If you physically commit to a technique, you need to commit to that the whole way. So there's also you know the, the ramifications of it. You know. It, it, if you're in a defense situation, and you know we talked about this a little bit at the at the seminar, and I've talked about it many times, and 
and doing self-defense with my students is <clears throat> what you, you, I can't draw the line for them, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of like when you apply a technique and how far you go with the technique yep. or series of techniques. I can't do that. You have to commit to that. And, and, but, but if you also, if you do that, you are committing to it. So uh, to, to make it uh, less about martial arts, maybe, arguably, and more about, you know, wherever this is going to go and how many you know, emails are, I'm, I'm gonna get <laughs> is, you know, is about using a gun. You know, when you pull that trigger, you've committed. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's no way to kind of nuance that. I mean, no. there's, there, and, and, and our, I'm sure our good friend Alex Haddock will, well, well, well ping, <laughs> ping me on this, you know, but. Oh, I'm, it's, I, I would be shocked if he didn't absolutely, I mean, to me, I think that what, what I have, what I've learned about guns is uh, that when, when, when you, you don't even really have to, to pull the trigger essentially when when you point a gun at a target you are making a you are making a decision and a commitment that whatever that target is you want them to no longer be around and and that's without even pulling the trigger like i ha- from from my training anyway you don't point a gun at something unless you want it dead um and so essentially the act of pointing the gun at somebody is is the commitment of saying you want them dead uh, because that is that is a potential um, uh, consequence of of doing that and it takes so little action to go from pointing a gun to someone being dead uh, that y- you better make that commitment up front. <laughs> Because it's it's just so easy to get from from one extreme to the other uh, that you have to pre-make that decision, you know. And so, and of course, you know, we're not going to get on a whole big tangent yeah, on that. I but, but I can I can already hear uh, you know tickety tickety tickety. Uh, <clears throat> but but I mean, but but that's kind of you know that that's a, a sort of hyperbolic sort of lesson to, to that is. is from a defense situation, you know, you have to commit. You know, if you don't commit, maybe it's not going to work out for you. That kind of yeah. thing. That, and then you have to be ready to accept the circumstances of that commitment. And so, and, and that reflects back to the the less you know um, scary ones of, you know, if you commit to starting a class, you have to commit to it. You know, and and, and commit doesn't mean like it takes all your time, is it? But it's it's you know it's it's something that keeps steady pressure on it. When you commit to you know, getting a certification in something, you commit to it, and you know you have to make steady progress on it. You, you commit to doing a seminar, you have to you know do certain things and, and make it all happen. So, well, I think I think too being more being more serious about and and considerate about the commitments that you do make um, helps you not feel overcommitted because you're not you're not making those commitments casually. Uh, you're you're making them with intention, right? And you know, and, and, that, and, and intent is another word that I use in in class. Is like you know, mm-hmm. your movement should be on intent. It shouldn't be a reaction necessarily. I mean, it is a reaction because you're defensive, but you know, you should move with intent. You should strike with intent. You should block with intent. You should <clears throat> do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe intention is. Is a better word is because you intend to do this, but maybe you're not committing to it. You know, you're right. You, you meet, when you do when you do the block, you can't kind of half, you know, do the block. You have to intend to do the block. But there are, if you commit fully to that technique, if you commit fully to that block, it can do some damage. It can do whatever. So yeah. that that's probably a, a better way. To, so <clears throat> from the from the joking aspect of all martial arts should be committed. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the seriousness of the commitment runs on a lot of different levels, physically, emotionally, yeah. mentally, you know, uh, administratively by, you know, getting the dojo manager. You can do <laughs> commitment on many levels. And, and yeah. as martial artists, you know, on all phases of our life, because they always say, you know, martial arts, you know, it's a life path, blah, blah, blah. Well, and I think it's, you know, this is a, this is a perfect example of, of where uh, uh, martial arts is, is not, simply about uh being able to beat someone on the street it's it it's it's a it's a reflection or can be a reflection of life in general you know 
Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it should be. It should be on some level. A, a you know everything you you do in you know the dojo should reflect in your life, and you know and vice versa. Your morals and everything don't stop at the door. You know on on either way. You right. Know, so uh, and and that too is a commitment. So there, everyone. So there. So there. Take that. And that's what we say. Uh, <clears throat> so and then this we will also try and commit to. <laughs> my God, getting more shows out. Uh, we yeah. would like you to commit to uh, helping not the uh, the podcast by going to karatecafe.com slash Amazon, buying junk there, and going to our sponsor, Piranha Gear, at piranhagear.com. Tell Bill that uh, we sent you and buy some of their cool stuff. And uh, we'd like to commit to uh, having you guys commit to uh, downloading us. On- well, hey, hey, Paul, if they've got – you know, I was wondering if, if people have uh, suggestions for the show or questions or anything like that, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with us? Well, the best way to get in touch with us is probably emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Uh, you can give us a call on the comment line, which I don't actually have handy right now, but it will, you will hear it from our good friend Steve at the end. Uh, when we get done yakking, so stand by for that. Uh, and uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Karate Cafe. And uh, you can email me at paul at karatecafe.com. Or you and can... we, we love questions and uh, especially uh, suggested topics for shows. Yeah, absolutely. We're working on a couple of uh, uh, good interviews, uh, mm-hmm. I think, some, some interesting interviews. And uh, we got a little sidetracked. We had them all lined up, and then we got sidetracked. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. And then... Um, but we've got a few of those lined up, so uh, if you have any more good suggestions, we're always loving to hear it. Uh, I've kind of let the forums go because no one's ever uh, signed on them, but we do have some people on our, our page on Facebook. If you just look for Karate Cafe, you'll, you'll find the page and ask to, to join, and uh, you know you can no muss, no fuss, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and to try and get that momentum. Because again, you know, this is where the conversation starts, but it... it, it it commits with you, with your commitment to it. So yeah, there you go. Let us let us know what you think, uh, even if it's just about the little comment about the guns. We'd, we'd we'd love to hear from you. There you go. And with that, I will say, Dan, thanks for having uh, having the time to get get on our show once again. Oh, yeah. And uh, look, good talking with you as always. Yeah, always fun. And uh, to you, everyone out there, we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.